The following program is brought to you in high def living color. When you need a private eye and times are tough, you may not have the resources to afford Philip Marlowe, Dixon Hill, Nick Carter, or Rocky Fortune. So who can you turn to except... T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. Yes, T-Bone Stone gives you more value for your covert detection dollar. Today's exciting episode is called The Case of the Painted Pilgrim and is brought to you by Betty's Birdseed Biscuits. They're for the birds. We open the story with Shelby Jordan, administrator of the Municipal Zoo, and his general manager, Jason Sanford, walking through the zoo. It's good to have you back in town, Shelby. I hope your vacation was relaxing. Thank you, Jason. I had a wonderful time. And it was relaxing, too. I must say, the Grand Canyon was... All I can think of is Grand. It's been almost a week since we've had an incident similar to the one I wrote about. As the administrator of the zoo, it's my job to know what's going on. And as general manager of the zoo, it's your job to keep me apprised of these kinds of incidents. But right now, I want to see the brown bear enclosure. Everything went according to schedule. The bears were introduced last... Oh my gosh! Do you see that? We pick up the episode with T-Bone Stone in his private office. The quiet is broken by Verna on the intercom. There's a Mr. Shelby Jordan here to see you, T-Bone. Thanks, Verna. Send him in. Sure thing. Sending him in. Come on in and have a seat, Mr. Jordan, was it? Yes, Shelby Jordan. I'm the administrator of the Municipal Zoo. You run the zoo? Then tell me, why is the rhinoceros exhibit always the loudest place at a zoo? Because they all have horns. Don't you think I've heard all of these jokes before? <laughs> That's a good one. I never get tired of it. I've been tired of that one for years now. I hate to interrupt your good time, but can we get down to business? Please, excuse me, Mr. Jordan. What can I do for you today? We've had several, what should I call them, incidents at our zoo in the last week, and I need to find out who is responsible. Is someone dead? Has some valuable animal been stolen? You should contact the police. No, Mr. Stone. It isn't as simple as homicide or grand theft. It is much more sinister. You mean... No, nothing as perverse as what you're thinking. Are you sure? I can think of some pretty sinister things. You see, Mr. Stone... Please, call me T-Bone. You see, T-Bone, twice in the last week, someone or something has swapped the animals from their enclosures. Six days ago, when the staff arrived in the morning, the brown bears and the polar bears had been moved to each other's enclosures. Are you telling me some criminal element has moved the polar bears to the brown bear enclosure and the brown bears to the polar bear enclosures? Well, it sounds absurd the way you say it. Can you imagine the polar bears, which require low temperatures in the enclosures where the brown bears should be? You said twice. What was the other occurrence? Just this morning, I was touring the zoo with my general manager, Jason Sanford, 
when we discovered <laughs> the elephants and rodents were switched. Don't be ridiculous, T-Bone. The giraffes and the zebras had been exchanged. <laughs> Please excuse me, Mr. Jordan, but you must see how absurd all this seems. Maybe to you, Mr. Stone, but this is very serious. Can you imagine how long it took us to get the animals back to where they belong? Their feeding schedules were thrown off. We had to close a portion of the zoo. A very popular portion of the zoo, if I might add. Until it could be corrected. Don't you have night watchmen? Yes, but they're not really reliable. They are around for the most part as a presence. You know, to keep the kids and other riffraff out. They don't seem very effective, do they? No. You'll have to meet them. They aren't too reliable. The senior night watchman is Buck Preston. Do you mean big game Buck Preston? I've read about him. He explored deep in dark Africa. He's a legend. I didn't even know he was still alive. Yeah. I never had the heart to get rid of him. He did a lot of good things for this zoo when he was young. These days, he's fond of beer. I guess you gotta have a hobby. What about the other fellow? The junior night watchman is Patrick Blair. He's the grandson of our biggest donor. We brought him on to keep an eye on Buck. Patrick is in odd egg. I'm not sure about him. His brother is a chemist at a pharmaceutical company, and he may be experimenting with the trial drugs. Anyway, neither of them can shed any light on the matter. Did you contact the police? Detective Crenshaw laughed even more than you did. If it isn't murder or grand theft, the police won't even sniff into the case. So that's why you came to me, T-Bone Stone, the discount detective, who gives you more value for your covert detection dollar. I charge $25 a day plus expenses, and I'll back up the expense claims with receipts. Let me have my secretary bring in a standard contract. Verna, bring in a standard contract for Mr. Jordan to sign. Sure thing, boss. I'll be right in. Mr. Jordan, I'll contact an associate and we'll come by the zoo at closing time today. I'll talk to the night watchman and maybe even spend the night to get this solved. Excellent, T-Bone. Closing time is dusk. I'll let the front gate know you are coming. Here's the contract, T-Bone. T-Bone Stone, the Discount Detective, is a very amateur radio theater production and stars Jake Vandebrake as T-Bone Stone in the case of The Painted Pilgrim. As we return you to our program, we find T-Bone with Billy Biggs at his side walking towards the entrance of the Municipal Zoo. The Municipal Zoo sits against some low hills at the edge of the city. Originally, the zoo was outside of the town, but as the town grew, the zoo became inside the town. I brought along Billy Biggs to help out with the investigation. We stopped at the front gate and spoke to the ticket taker. Can I help you, gentlemen? Yes, I'm T-Bone Stone, and this is my protege, Billy Biggs. We're to see Administrator Shelby Jordan. Of course, Mr. Stone. Mr. Jordan left a message here at the gate that she would be coming along. Come on in. Mr. Jordan's office is in that building to the right. Go through the door marked Zoo Administration. Thank you. Come on, Billy. Gee, this is the first time I've gotten into the zoo without paying. Yeah, just one of the perks of being a detective. 
You mean admittance to the zoo just before closing time. Hey, it's better than a kick in the keister, ain't it? As always, you're right, T-Bone. Here's the door. A receptionist directed us to Jordan's office. The door was open, so we walked in. Shelby Jordan was sitting at his desk, and another fellow was in the chair to the left of the desk. T-Bone Stone, thank you for coming in. I see you brought an associate. Yes, Mr. Jordan. This is my protege, Billy Biggs. Congratulations, Billy. You've been promoted from associate to protege. May I introduce you to the general manager of the zoo, Jason Sanford? Billy? Mr. Stone? Please, call me T-Bone. I have business in the city. You know, fundraising and all. So I will leave you in Jason's capable hands. Walk this way, gentlemen. I wanted to do the old joke. If I could walk that way, I wouldn't need the liniment. I decided against it. We followed Jason out into the park by a different door. The regular staff is starting to leave now. There are a few animals to be fed and caged up for the night. It'll be pretty deserted in an hour or so. The night watchman should be here by now. They're headquartered over there by the back gate. As we walk that way, I will show you where some of the zoo exhibits are located. Jason gave us a quick tour. The elephants watched us vigilantly as we walked past their pen. When we approached the monkey cages, their reaction was far from reserved. I'd get rid of those stinking monkeys if I could. But they are very popular, so they stay. Do you have any theories about what's been happening? It's a complete mystery to me, T-Bone. I've run every scenario I can think of through my mind, and none of them make sense. How long does it take to clear up the situation? You know, to get the animals back where they belong. Oh my gosh, hours. We would have to pull all available people from their normal tasks to corral and lead these animals back to where they belong. It's a nightmare. We'll do our level best to figure out what's been going on and get this place back to normal. Buck Preston is the senior night watchman. He lives in a room next to the maintenance building up ahead. After I introduce you to him, I will go find Patrick. We walked toward the maintenance building, and I saw an imposing figure of a man sitting on a bench next to a pile of fence posts. I recognized Buck Preston from old newsreels about his travels through the deepest, darkest jungles of Africa. He looked much the same, except his muscles had turned to flap. His face was covered with an unkempt beard, and he was eating a moon pie. Jason stopped in front of Buck. Buck. I wanted to introduce you to a couple of detectives. This is T-Bone Stone and Billy Biggs. They're here to solve the mystery of the switching animals. It's an honor to meet you, Mr. Preston. I've heard a lot about you. Definitely an honor, sir. As we spoke, you made one of the loudest and most disgusting sounds I have ever heard. T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective, is a very amateur broadcast theater production written by Donald Spicer and directed by Doug Schaefer. We now return to the case of the Painted Pilgrim. This episode is brought to you by Betty's Birdseed Biscuits. Bet your bottom dollar, Betty bakes the best. As much as I don't want to, it says here in the script I have to back up to the end of the last act. So... 
Hang on, kids. Here we go. As we spoke, he made one of the loudest and most disgusting sounds I have ever heard. Funny you should bring that up, Buck. I would apologize, but I'm afraid you'd accept the apology. Do you remember the time out on the Serengeti when you bagged three wildebeests in one day? Kid, I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. (coughs) Oh, wait. Beer and moon pies, that's it. Buck, do you have a problem with alcohol? No, as long as I have a beer, there's no problem. Before you get too carried away with your breakfast, could we ask you a few questions about the switching of the animals in their compounds? They didn't have to go hire no detectives. I told them who'd done it. But they doubted old Alky like me. So who'd done it, Buck? It sure would save me a lot of investigatory work. Well, I'll tell you. Buck looked around and motioned us to come closer. The monkey's done it. The monkeys? Yeah, the monkeys. And how do you know this? Did you see the monkeys leading the other animals around? Buck looked around again and motioned us to come even closer. The monkeys told me. They said they were upset about the zoo changing from Fuji apples to Gala apples. You see, the monkeys, they love Fuji apples and detest Gala apples. Yeah, who does it? The monkeys? Yeah. Go ask them. They don't keep no secrets. Well, we've got this one solved, Billy. Come on, let's go. But, T-Bone... You know what else the monkeys told me? Oh, I can hardly wait to hear. Amelia Earhart is being held hostage by a band of renegade baboons on a remote jungle island in the South Pacific. Renegade baboons? Come on, kid. Let's find that Sanford guy and talk to the other night watchman. As we walked away, Buck Preston yelled at us. I wouldn't trust that kid. He's a space cadet. Way out there, you know? We walked toward the maintenance building's door, and Jason Sanford came out with a skinny guy following him. Did you get anything more than the monkey story from Buck? It was pretty convincing to me. Quiet, kid. Yeah, we talked to him, and I think he's had a few too many moon pies, if you know what I mean. If you thought Buck was crazy, you're going to love this guy. T-Bone, Billy, this is our other night watchman, Patrick Blair. Patrick, these fellows are detectives, T-Bone Stone and Billy Biggs, and they're here to solve the mystery of the switching animals. Call me T-Bone, kid. If you'll excuse me, T-Bone... I have business to take care of, so I will be heading back to my office. I'll touch base with you before I leave for the night. Unless, of course, you solve it in the next hour or so. As he walked away, I looked at the skinny guy in front of us. I had a sinking feeling he wouldn't be much help either. I remember your name, dude. Stone! Ha <laughs> uh, But I-, I don't remember the other dude's name. My name is Stone. T-Bone Stone. And this is my associate, Billy Biggs. But I don't remember your name. It's been almost a page of dialogue since we were introduced. My name, dude, is Patrick Blair. Ha! And I'm the night watchman here. It's a great gig, dude. 
Do you know anything about the animals being switched around? Oh, man, man. These two peepers of mine, they didn't see a thing. But you know what? He looked around and then leaned towards us. What? I know who did it. Could you tell us who did it? Yeah, bro. Do you mean you want me to tell you? Yes. Oh, dude. I thought you wanted to know if I knew, but I told you I knew. Ta. <laughs> but now you want to know who did it, right? Billy, is there some reason this question is so difficult for him to answer? Patrick, who did it? He put a serious look on his face and looked directly at me. Okay, okay. I'll tell you. It was aliens. Ta. <laughs> I'm usually a pretty level-headed guy. I look both ways before crossing a street. I don't stick rabid wolverines down my pants. Well, there was that one time, but it didn't count because it was a leap year. I'm sorry, I got off the subject. I thought Buck Preston blamed the animal switching on the monkeys due to alcohol. But what Patrick said made my brain hurt. Like, really, physically hurt. Patrick, who did it? I told you. Aliens. Aliens? Yeah, man. Aliens. You know, like Martians from Mars or Venusians from, uh, Venusia? They are all around. Have you seen these aliens? No, man, but they're all over the place. You know, like when you can't find your keys and you look all over, then they're right there where you left them. You could swear you looked there first, but suddenly they reappear. That's the aliens. They're studying us, man. Once in a while, they do experiments like stealing your keys, then putting them back. Or taking a bite out of your sandwich. Dude, they're sneaky. Sounds to me like they're hungry. Don't encourage him, Billy. Ha! You're right, Billy, my man. If they're coming all the way from Mars or Venusia in their spaceships, they probably would be a little famished, wouldn't they? So why would they switch the animals around? I must ponder this a while. Patrick put a finger to his temple and stared at nowhere in particular. His lack of movement and vacant stare made me think it was in the coma. What you want to do, T-Bone? Come on, Billy. Let's go look around and let him ponder the great question for a while. Good call, T-Bone. Which way do you want to go? To the right, toward the elephant's pen? Or left, to the aviary? I'll take the right to ask the elephants if they remember anything. Good one, T-Bone. I'll find you in a little while. I walked along the path toward the elephant enclosure. Since it was dark, there wasn't much action. I could see an occasional pair of eyes watching from the shadows. As I approached the monkey cages, they raised the ruckus again. I wandered past the elephants and was heading for the administration building when I heard Billy calling to me in the distance. T-Bone! T-Bone! Come quick! I think I've solved the case! 
As we present the exciting conclusion to the case of the painted pilgrim, Billy and T-Bone have broken the case. It's now the next morning, and T-Bone has called Shelby Jordan and Jason Sanford to meet at the aviary. I have called you here to the aviary to reveal how, and possibly more importantly, why all the animals were switched around. Good. I want to put a stop to this right away and discipline those responsible. What does an aviary have to do with this? I hope you're not trying to say the birds did it. Don't be too quick to judge, Mr. Sanford. Step right over here so you can get the bird's eye lowdown, so to speak. Don't be ridiculous, T-Bone. This is the cage of Polly Posey. How is she supposed to give me any information? The parrots just mimic what they hear. Squawk, speak for yourself, Jordan. What did that bird say? Is this some sort of joke? Squawk, I said, speak for yourself, Jordan. And no, this isn't a joke. Squawk, squawk. Come on, T-Bone. Did Buck Preston teach these phrases to Polly as a joke? Ah, Buck Preston can barely speak, and that other space cadet living in a world of fantasy. What? This is true. Okay, I'll bite. Who and why? Good. What? Finally someone at this place will listen to me. I'll tell you if... Give me a cracker. What? Cracker? Give me a cracker. Cracker? Oh, come on. Be serious. Hey, I gotta get something out of this. What? I say, Polly want a cracker. Or Polly don't speak. I don't believe this. Any of you guys have a cracker? Yeah, here, Mr. Jordan. I have this package of Betty's Birdseed Biscuits. They're for the birds. Good use of product placement, Billy. Thanks, Billy. Now here's your cracker, you poor excuse for a feather duster. Now talk! That's a good cracker, Billy. You don't have to insult me, Jordan. I could clam up right now, and you'll never know the answer for sure. Quack. Give me a cracker. Cracker? Okay, okay, here, have another cracker. Could you please tell me, Polly? Excellent cracker, Billy. Okay, I'll give you the bird's eye lowdown, like T-Bone said. Your general manager over there, he thought he could save a couple cents per pound on apple, so he switched from Fuji to Gala apples. What? You see, monkeys don't like Gala apples, so if you give them back the Fuji apples... You won't have any further problems. Quack! I don't believe we are listening to a lousy bird. Lousy bird? Then don't listen to me. I don't really care. Quack! But unless you do, you'll be up a tree without a paddle. Sanford, give them back the Fuji apples immediately. I don't believe I'm taking advice from a stinking bird. Listen to me, bird. If this doesn't work, we'll be having roasted fowl for dinner tonight, if you catch my drift. Don't have to be so harsh. Polly want a cracker. Quack! Polly want a cracker. Polly, why didn't you speak to me before this? Up until now, everything was fine. Quack! Polly want a cracker. So it turns out that old alcoholic was right, and no one believed him. At least it wasn't aliens. You're right, Billy. Aliens would have been much more difficult to deal with. It seems I've solved another one. I'll send you my bill, including the receipt for those Betty's Birdseed Biscuits. That's your bottom dollar. Betty bakes the best. Product placement again? Yep. If we can get back to the story... Thanks, T-Bone. Jason and I have work to do. I'll see you later. Yeah, thanks. As they walked away, 
I felt the satisfaction of a job well done. The zoo would be happy again, and I wouldn't have to worry about aliens. Hey, T-Bone. Yeah, Billy? Since Buck was right about the monkeys, does that mean Amelia Earhart is being held hostage by a band of renegade baboons? T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective, is a very amateur broadcast theater production. Written by Donald Spicer and directed by Doug Schaefer. This production starred Jake Vandebrake as T-Bone Stone. Kirk Spicer as Billy Biggs. Gloriana Spicer as Verna. Shelby Jordan, Jason Sanford, Buck Preston, Patrick Blair, and The Ticket Taker were voiced by Eric Shryock. Polly Posey was voiced by Gracie Spicer. The Case of the Painted Pilgrim is brought to you by Betty's Birdseed Biscuits. They're for the birds. Be sure to catch our next show when T-Bone says... An empty water bottle, a playground swing, and a book on behavioral psychology. Spell murder in the case of the unusual side effect. The art director is George Venegas. Music by Dave Feslian. Betty's Biscuits! Squawk! They're for the birds. Hey, I'm a bird. <laughs>